that first sip of coffee in the morning. Uh, well, in your case, in my case today, I have some tea. Um, um, yeah, I'm drinking coffee. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Um, the thing, the cool thing about this is, is like we record at 9 a.m. We record at 11 p.m. You just never know what's going to happen. You never know when you're catching us and our sleep schedules or what it is that we'll be doing. So um, yes, good morning, everyone. Uh, welcome to this episode of the Lipstick League. I'm Natalie Aganoff. And I'm Nicole Mahalik, where sports and pop culture come to play. What is your, what is on your mug? So I'm actually, um, I'm at uh, Hank's house. Okay. My house. So he has little fish on his. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. On his mugs. Yeah. I don't know. I guess, I don't know what kind of fish they are, but they're. It looks like they're like somebody like painted them on there. No, no. He said that his, um, so his brother actually, who's worked in radio, um, who worked in radio for a really long time. He was in a North Dakota doing radio. He, he did like the, the real, real, wow. real radio yeah. track. Yeah. Um, he did track radio traffic for a while. He said he lived in North Dakota and he got, um, I guess these were his. And then when him and, um, <laughs> when he moved in with his, I guess his fiance, now his wife, Mara, who's delightful. Um, she was like, we're not doing them. <laughs> we're not doing the fish mug. <laughs> so, so Matt, uh, so, um, his brother Aaron gave him, he, these, uh, these mugs. So that's where that's really funny. So, um, yeah, what's Mayan the says, uh, Friends are like flowers. They brighten your day. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So I have like, oh, I've talked about it a little bit, but like, if you follow me on Instagram, Nicole is Nick, I do um, a little, not, it's not stupid. It's just a funny little segment called coffee under the covers. And it's where I, I like it. drink coffee and talk about random stuff. And um, I don't even know how it became a thing, but it just did. And so I've gotten mugs as gifts like listeners have sent me mugs people have sent me mugs like it's um yeah it's just hilarious you know it's funny like, when you post it I like if I go to watch it and I'm like not in a space where I can like sit down <laughs> and like pay attention to like what you're saying like, yeah I'm like I'm like okay like I'm gonna have to go back to this like if I'm driving like not like or if I'm you know like doing something or like in the yeah middle, you know how like when you walk and just scroll Instagram because it's probably like just muscle memory at this point like I, like I'll click on it and I'll be like, I can't, like, I, I need to like be in a space where I can hear what she has to say. Like I've just so I just, so I started first. Thank you for that. Appreciate you going back. Love, love the algorithm. Um, <laughs> but I started like putting captions on it because one of my best friends was like, listen, I want to know what you say, but like, I can't always hear it. That's, and so then, yeah. Yeah. And then another coworker was like, uh, old coworker was like, I love the closed captions on your on your post and yeah. it's like I try to at least do it so if people can't actually sit and listen to what I'm saying that the, but like when you when you don't have the like the slurp is like the best part is like when I slurp my coffee well, well I love you, you because you go like this you go good morning yeah <laughs> yes. it's so good actually I was gonna text you this week and be like I need to come up with something where like I have like daily thoughts that's like as catchy as yours and I was like Maybe when I'm going through the Starbucks drive-through, but then like people will be like, "We are driving and whatever." Well, well, I'll have to figure something out. But yeah, um, you'll figure it out. But before we get started, I want to give a shout out to our friend Lisa. I don't know if you saw Instagram. Um, we both worked with her. Um, shout out to Lisa Accio and her married name is Lisa Harris. Oh, but uh, yeah. she did like this whole really sweet Instagram post about the lipstick league. She loves sports. Like Lisa, she's she's probably, I mean, she's definitely way older than us, but like, she's cool and with it. And she actually was, oh, the person I love who, Lisa. Yes. Who got job. me, you know, that she got me into radio, right? She that did. like my very, very, very first internship, which was the Valley Forge convention and visitors bureau. I was at Drexel and a woman I worked with there, her name was Joyce. Joyce's daughter was married to Lisa's brother. Oh, and Lisa kidding. was the promotion director at Q102 at the time. And Lisa and Joyce would see Lisa at family parties and she would be like, dude, you got to meet this girl, Nicole. She's obsessed with Q102. She can't shut up. She loves radio. And so Lisa was like, well, tell her to send my resume. And that's how I started as an intern. And yeah, then weirdly yeah. enough, I reunited with Lisa at XTU years later. And now Lisa's out of radio, but like, she is obsessed with sports. Like she was at Villanova when they won the championship right, back in the eighties. Um, I, think I, I think I knew that she was a big sports fan. She's, yeah, she's a doll. I, I haven't really had a chance to like, now that um, Instagram has changed their entire layout, Ugh, just, like, I, know. I don't know how to work it. I feel yeah. like 
I, I was like, am I aging? I think they've aged me out. <laughs> like I've like, I've aged out of Instagram because I was going to look for um, one of like, I save recipes on the New York times cooking from the New York times, Instagram. You know, how I love that. Know? Yeah. Last night I'm sitting, I'm sitting on, you know, my phone trying to find the recipe. And I was like, I don't even know where my saved posts are. are. Yeah. It's so weird. I I didn't go look for it, but like, I was going to Google how to look for saved Instagram (laughs) posts. And I was like, that's when you know that you've aged out of a social media app. So well, it's like crazy with TikTok because it's like these kids literally are like Steven Spielberg, how they edit these posts and stuff. I was like, who, who knows how to do this? Well, that's so like now that like they changed the likes, like I have to, again, I have to sit down and I have to click on the little heart that's now up in the right-hand corner for Instagram. And then I have to scroll through because it's not like laying out anymore. I know, I know, I know. I was like, like, I'm old. (laughs) Mom, mom, Nat needs like a new um, Instagram tutorial. It's so terrible. Help us. Um, But yeah, shout out to everybody. Uh, We almost have 500 followers on Instagram, which is awesome. That's Um, on our Instagram. So the Lipstick League, if you're not already following us, follow us, DM. I usually check it at least a couple times a day. Um, So love love that. And if you could give us a review, um, that would be amazing too, because we're like, I think we're at 42 reviews right now. So that's great. Yeah. And if you want to be kind and like actually write a review, that That would be be even better. Um, Okay. So we wanted to do an episode because it's been really weighing on my mind and I brought it up to Nat a couple weeks ago and it's gonna actually be like a series. So we kind of came up with this idea where I really, really believe that Philly is too hard on their athletes and that Philly is such an intense sports town with a combination of the media, sports radio, social media, everybody having a voice that it's almost too much for players to handle. And I don't think it's a coincidence that the last superstar that we had in Philly was Allen Iverson. And when I say superstar, I mean a kid in Nebraska is obsessed with it. They're A-list, they're A-list sports superstar. Right, like we, yeah, clearly we've had stars here. I mean, outside of AI, like we've had the whole 2008 um, Phillies team, you know, who won the World Series, who, you know, like, Ryan Howard, Chase Utley, Jimmy Rollins, like those guys it will forever be, in, you know, enshrined in Philadelphia and, you know, Philadelphia sports and the hearts of so many. And, and they had like that magnetism, I think, even nationally, like Ryan Howard was pretty good. You know, he had those subway commercials, whatever, but you're right. Like as far as superstardom and the NBA just does a better job with it anyway. Right. We really haven't had anybody. And I, it's funny you know, I feel like we talk about this on sports radio a lot and I, but I feel like we don't actually dive into if the city impacts the way that people play here because there's, I feel like it's like a dichotomy, right? So you have these athletes and the dream I feel for a lot of them is always to play in Philly. Yeah. But then once they get here and they see what it's like to play in Philly, they're like, oh my God, is this like actually horrible? Because I think the city gives athletes like the highest of highs and then the lowest of lows, because if you win here, you're a champion forever. Like yeah. you are good for the rest of your life. You'll never buy another drink in this town, yada, yada, yada. Like you are so beloved, but it can switch really quickly. Let, for instance, Ryan Howard. Yeah. Ryan Howard was arguably one of the best um, baseball players home run hitters that the Phillies have ever had yeah Uh, statistically you know he's he's done so much for the organization but his last year here you know he got into a slump he was injured you know he his he just started to decline as athletes do and you know the city called him a bum and they were like we don't want you anymore and we paid you too much like it get it goes from zero to 60 and it gets really ugly really quickly Right. And then what happens is that then they leave Philly and they never want to be associated with the town again. Yeah. So like, and you and I off mic have talked about Don McNabb, right? Like he is the best Eagles quarterback of all time. Like, mm-hmm. yes, he didn't win the Super Bowl, but no. statistically speaking and yeah. what he brought and not even statistically, but just what he did for the game and what the championships he won, the NFC championships, the NFC championships, NFC East, 
and then the NFC championships and Philly ran them out of this. This was before social media and Philly <laughs> ran them out of the great, like they ran them out of town. And, it, and it's like you, and like what Ryan Howard and not only what he did for the Phillies, but for baseball and they ran them out of town. And so you have these athletes who gave so much and, and their career is Philly, but for whatever reason, they ran them out of town and then they don't want to be associated with Philly anymore. Well, and so, you know, it's funny. Um, a lot of it, I think over the years has been sports talk radio, right? Because right. we are the sounding board for the fans in Philadelphia. So, um, you know, a lot of it depends on the opinion. Well, I don't think a lot of it depends, but there's so many opinions, right? In the city and the people on sports talk radio, myself included, um, are able to get ours out to the masses, which kind of influences the way people think about their teams here. So I feel like, you know, a lot of sports talk radio hosts, it's easy to take that um, hot take route. And I feel like for years and years and years, there was that thinking. Now, again, I could be biased, but Mike Missanelli, I feel always has like a very um, thought out, um, thoughtful, articulate, case because yes. that's what he does every day he presents his case he's yeah. a lawyer um, yes. for his opinions right so right. like he doesn't just state his opinion and it's it, it's never because I don't like this guy you know what right. I mean he always has something to back up why he's super critical of certain players and right. it, it's, it's not just like he's just talking into the microphone just to talk he presents a case every single day which some people may find harsh but as somebody who has now today um Actually, we're recording on a Friday. Today is a three-year anniversary of me um, on the Mike Mustelli show. Yeah. Happy yeah, anniversary. Full time. So I'm um, having to have listened to him for the past three years every single day. You know, yeah. tell me, oh, well, you didn't hear that right. I said, I listened to every second of every show of every single day for the last three years. Um, I like there's a there's a difference and there's a way to deliver your opinion that I think cannot be so harsh, but Again, if you're a radio listener, you're hearing bits and pieces of it. Right. It can sound super aggressive. And I think a lot of the athletes, um, they only get the bits and pieces, right? Not only of the sports talk host, but also of what the fans are saying. Well, right. And, and then there's social media. I mean, uh, imagine the fact that like you could every single day, every single second get DMs and acts and mentions about die. I hate you. You suck. How, I mean, I mean, I, I get, I get, right. the, I get, right. the, and I'm just on sports talk radio. So like, I've always tried to be mindful of the way that I present my opinion on the radio when it comes to athletes, because I understand that it could potentially, my thoughts could potentially influence somebody else. And it's like, I want to be constructive. Yeah. I don't want to be an asshole. Right. And there's a lot of sports talk people that are, that are an asshole and they take a lane and they just like, they, it's almost like they get off on being like, I hate Carson Wentz and he is awful. And, right. and, and it's, it's the delivery. And like, and we've said this since the very first episode of the show, these people are human beings. Yeah. And just because they make a lot of money does not mean that seeing I hope you die on social media doesn't affect them I mean I saw a screenshot of Nate Sudfeld's mentions after the game obviously the Eagles are out of the playoffs and you know that's a whole other controversy that who cares about right now um about you know how they decided to put Nate in and obviously they tanked the game but it was awful it was awful 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 the things people were saying to Nate Sudfeld and it's like could you imagine, like, first of all, who are you that you think that it's okay to say those things to another human being? And then how does that not affect somebody, you know? And well, honest, well and you know what's so funny? And I like, it boggles my mind the way, and it's men, right? Like, yeah, God's honest truth, all the years I've been in this business, all the horrific tweets, all the mean stuff people have said to me, it's always been like, men who just yeah. don't care and have like this reckless abandon that just spit venom at people and they don't even 
think about like that there's actually somebody on the other end reading what they're saying a human being on the other end well so and I think that that speaks to the emotional intelligence of people right because it's like it's like for anything in life you go into something if you want somebody to succeed I feel like it should just be common sense that being like, you suck so bad is not, that's not going to get them to play better. That's only going to perpetuate the negativity and perhaps whatever internal conflict it is that they're having. For instance, Carson Wentz, like, I mean, Carson knows that he's playing bad, you yeah. know, and not that like the fan base shouldn't say you suck right now. Like they're, they're certainly the booze, like that stuff's valid. Like sometimes that can be used as like a motivational factor on the field. You know, I think, I think I I feel, I have mixed feelings about booing, but off the field, social media, you threatening Carson Wentz's child is not going to make him play better. Like that's actually going to probably hurt him more because it's it's so out of bounds and it's so like cross the line for anything that's justifiable for like a sports opinion. And it's in this town, I think it's, it's, um, it's, how do you kind of tell the fan base, like, you know, you need to tone it down and not be so mean because they're just so passionate. So I think that the passion sometimes like gets, gets so like overinflated and then it comes out as like vitriol on the internet, which like, right. right. Well, I think, uh, uh, I think a couple of things is that like this town definitely has those people like, you know, well, back in the day, you know, coaches would punch the players if they weren't <laughs> listening. And it's like, well, um, priests used to also sexually abuse and hit children and teachers used to hit children but like with time comes progress and comes knowledge and knowledge is power and you evolve and you know you have doctors and psychiatrists and psychologists who say actually through studies it's actually extremely detrimental to one cause physical abuse to somebody and two cause mental abuse to somebody like we now know that that's actually not a good thing that through time we've realized that like how people treated each other in 1960 actually isn't as good as they're treating each other even like something as simple as coping right i always thought that coping was a really good thing that if something bad happens to you you're like it's fine i'm gonna pick up my bootstraps and keep going well it turns out that like trauma is real and everybody trauma affects people in different ways and what trauma is is a Somebody explained this to me. It's a black and blue mark on your brain. So you bump your leg into a door and you get a black and blue mark. And sometimes people will heal the black and blue mark in a day. Sometimes people will heal the black and blue mark in five days. Trauma affects people's brains in different ways. So what might be big trauma to me might be little trauma to you, but it's a bruise on your brain and it takes a minute to heal. And obviously the brain is a fascinating thing, right? Yeah. And so what we know now know is that treating somebody that is very treating someone horribly physically mentally emotionally is trauma and it doesn't heed positive results exactly yeah we actually know that now and so going back to the booing really quick which i think is really interesting see i've always to me the booing your own team always bothered me i don't care about even to be honest because i just feel like i am a bleeding heart in a lot of ways like even booing the other team kind of bothered me because I'm like why do you got to be mean like why don't you just win I, I don't know but it bothered me when you would boo your own team because I never felt like it was effective because I always felt like let you know let's just example like the Sixers is that you're on the court and you're, you're giving your all you're giving your body and yes you get paid a lot of money but like take that out of the equation it's like you want to win but then your fans are booing you. And I think it has the opposite effect. I think they're like, fuck you. Like, so, I, and again, this could just be me being like born and raised here and like being somebody who is like, if they're not doing good, you boo them, you know, you boo them because it, they, I guess they thought it would be like a reverse psychology effect. Which, and, know- and you're right. Like maybe in some cases it probably does work. It's just, I always like, I always felt like, yeah. All right. So yeah, with the booing, I feel like it's, um, it's definitely like a, I think for Philly, it's a reverse psychology, um, thought, but again, I don't know if it's effective and you know, it's funny. My cousin, Mikey, um, who's in the Marines 
um, he was born and raised in Philadelphia and now he's traveled the world. And he said to me, when he came back, he said, you know, Nat, like, I don't know how I feel about Philadelphia sports fans anymore. And he's like, and I am one. Like he was like, you know, he's a diehard yeah. his dad. His dad was like the biggest Eagles fan in the entire world. And um, Mikey said, you know, I went to a game in Pittsburgh. He said, and if one of their players, like when their players aren't doing good, he's like, they cheer them on because they want to rally them and make them feel better. He's like, yes. they lose them to make them feel worse. worse. But then you think about, you know, the players who have played here over the year and they come out and they said, we need those boos. You know, there's- Yeah, but I don't know. So, and again, I don't know. And I'm also so like, I'm, and I'm learning this about myself now as I go on and I meet people from outside of Philadelphia, which I, I didn't start to until I was like 20. Right, right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it's like, I am your very like stereotypical Philadelphia sports fan who has those- character flaws right like I I have those I have those um Philly sports genes where like I instinctively hate like certain teams I I see the rationale for like booing people like I have like all those pretty terrible um attributes that the national media likes likes to paint I mean now that I'm getting older I think I've worked out a few kinks and I can acknowledge that the booing might not be effective. But that's why you're emotionally intelligent, you know? I mean, listen, my favorite snack, JJ Reddick, he says that Philly is, now he played in Orlando, he played in Minnesota, he played for the Clippers, he played for Philly, and now he's playing for the Pelicans. And he is like, Philly is the worst place to play. He's like, it's so hard. Because, and meaning worst in the sense that it's hard, how like, he just like, he was like the fact that you're out there and you're in a slump and you know, you're in a slump. He's like, my job is to shoot threes. I dedicate my life to it. I practice every day for hours and hours. I know, I don't know why I'm in the slump. And then they're booing you and it just makes you feel worse. Right. And then, but then on the flip side of that is I think, and I think that, you know, playing in Philadelphia is probably an athlete's ultimate challenge, right? Because you have somebody like JJ who's like, it's so hard to play here, but like instinctual competitors, I think they kind of thrive on that um, motivation to be the best in a town that's already so hard. And that's why you have somebody like Zach Ertz, who in his press conference after the Eagles season was over, um, you know, this past week comes out and he says, this is the greatest city in the world to play for. And he's crying and he's so sad because he's leaving here, you know? And yeah. there's a part of me that feels like, and Mike Vestinelli even said this on the air that he's underappreciated here um, for his contributions. And it, yeah. I think sometimes it oft, often gets overlooked that he caught the um, game-winning touchdown in the Super Bowl. I don't know how we conveniently forget that Zach Ertz was the person who did that. And um, just- uh, And like, not just like the game, like no, that touchdown, that. like when you watch that touchdown of like, the running and how he it fell out of his hands and he still caught it like it was just he's he's an extraordinary athlete and an extraordinary and person. person that um and he's like a, a kind person who cares about people and you know the work that he's done for Philadelphia like with the children and you know I I know his mother I've done some work with the Arts Foundation myself yes and um you know so for somebody like him who I think doesn't necessarily like you wouldn't think of him in the way that Philadelphia athletes are thought of, right? I know. You think of like again, I I blame like the 75, 76 flyers for a lot of this. I think that they kind of instilled this like bully mindset that you have to be a bully and you know be tough and fight people to play in Philadelphia. Um, but Zach Ertz, like he's a kind soul who just wants to play football. He loves, you know, God, he loves his wife, he loves Jesus, like he loves just like being a good person. And so he like, wants to do stuff for the city and he wants right. to, but like- But he again. loves it here, he's yeah. like really well here. And I, he's gonna go out as beloved. I think that he's gonna be the like one of the ones that, and I've said this for, I guess like a little over a year now, once, you know, the contract situation started to come up with him. Um, he's going to be one that's, it's like, you don't know what you got until it's gone. Yeah. Like, I feel like he's going to be one who, after he leaves, um, will be like, damn, we, we, we really miss him. I, it, I, although I think fans love him now, but there's a 
you know, there's a section of the fan base that I just think like do not appreciate him, but he loved it here. He loved playing here and right. he's not like your average. But here's the thing though, like it, he still doesn't get the national recognition that George Kittle and that Travis Kelsey gets. Right. Like that's, that's, I think what's the conversation, which I want to try to figure out, right? Yeah. Like to think about, you know, two seasons ago, Zach Ertz broke um, Jason Witten's tight end record. Yeah. And he was the best tight end in the league and they won the Super Bowl, and he still didn't get like, why does Travis Kelsey, Travis Kelsey is was eons it on like MTV or whatever. I don't know, but even George Isn't Kittle, like coming from a national, I think it was MTV. Yeah. <laughs> I think. Yeah. Um, which Travis Kelsey is back with um, Kate, his girlfriend, which like, remember there was like that whole drama Oh yeah, yeah. and, and now they're back together, which I like, cause I like them as a couple. Um, but anyway, I just think it, that's, I think what frustrates, like not frustrates me, but I just think that's, what's the question that I need answered. Like from a national level, like, yes, we're talking about how Philadelphia feels about Zach Ertz. Great. But even a national level, why doesn't Philly produce superstars? Right. Well, I, and like, why do people like you look at Donovan, we talked about him. How about Nelson Aguilar? I mean, what Philly did to Nelson Aguilar, another amazing person. I mean, he made national news because some guy was making fun of him for catching babies. He had to delete all his social media. We literally ran him out of town and now he goes to the Raiders and granted they didn't make the playoffs, but he was amazing this year. Yeah. Like, yeah. He, you know, and then you have like Bryce Harper, but it was Bryce Harper, what he did for the nationals in Washington, Bryce, Bryce, Bryce. And like, he's now maybe like the sixth or seventh most talked about player in baseball since he's come to Philly. Yeah. Right. I, I, so I, again, like, I think a lot of it too is the way that like, I think the national media just has this like inherent <laughs> distaste for Philadelphia. Um, there are certain national media members who do, there's certain national media members who don't. Um, so I think that there's like this inherent like distaste for giving Philly any positive light. Again, this could be my jaded Philadelphia sports fandom speaking because I'm like, they hate us. They never say anything nice about us. But to the, like, you know, there is some truth to that, right? Because like you're saying, like, it's just, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's always the same narrative and it pisses me off, but it's also true. So it's like, I have a tough time and I have to dig deep down into myself to figure out how to resolve that and how to change it. So I think, and you know, a lot of, um, I keep talking about Mike Masnelli throughout this one, but I feel like he has been somebody in this town who has been um, actively trying to like change that perception and his influence. He's saying, you know, we need to cut out this mentality that we have that the Philadelphia sports scene is like filled with like all these like gritty and it, yeah. and it is and it I is mean, but like it's also not right it's a different time but like hello Markel Fultz like look what happened to him I mean god love him because he just tore his ACL so he's done for the season which is very upsetting but like the fact okay and it goes back to the whole like Boston picked Jason Tatum, who's like leaps and bounds ahead. And that's like a whole other conversation about how, why does Philly never get the guy, right? Or like, is it, the the guy and is it the chicken and the egg? Is it the chicken and the egg? Is that, is it, do we, is it, is it, do we get the guy and we ruin the guy or do we just not get the, like, what is it? You know what I mean? Because like, that's, it's like Carson Wentz was supposed to be the guy, not the guy. Markel Fultz was supposed to be the guy not the guy. Bryce Harper is supposed to be the guy. I mean, the jury, he's here for 27 years. <laughs> like, yeah, is, so. Right? Like, <laughs> like Carter Hart is supposed to be the guy. He's doing well, but like, he's still not the guy, right? Like Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, supposed to be the guys. Joel's kind of killing it, but like what's happening? But you know what did happen? Like all of a sudden, like Luca is, he's made national news. Like Luca's killing it. Luca's doing what we want Ben to do. It's yeah, the Ben thing. My God, I feel like I I could probably like lay on a red couch and like discuss like what I feel is like the issues with Ben Simmons jump shot. And I think a, like there is a lot of truth right in the fan base. Um, I think playing a part in that because we're so fixated on it right now. Yeah. You know? So 
I kind of liken it to, especially with Ben Simmons. So you think about if you're a kid and you have a stutter and you have to get up and participate in a spelling bee. Right. And your words, apple, right? And you know that you have this stutter and you're so embarrassed by it. And if you get out on the spelling bee stage and you go to spell apple and you're thinking about it in your head, you're going to stutter because you're trying not to stutter. Like, do you know totally. what I mean? Like, I feel like it's totally just this, like, I think it's just an internal insecurity that he has that not that the fan base necessarily is intentionally perpetuating or making worse, but because the fan base is so hyper fixated on it, like they're waiting for him to not shoot at this point, you know? Right, but like, I, I, I really, I really, really, really believe that if he was in another town it might not be as crazy oh, as it is. No, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think the pressure, I think the pressure of Philadelphia because we care so much. Yeah. Is what's detrimental, but it's not, and, and I don't mean detrimental, like in a way that's negative. I mean, it's these athletes come in and they're like, oh my God, like these people are so hyper fixated on me that anything that I do is going to be scrutinized like either way so for well, some yeah. like Ben he's like if like if I shoot and I miss it, again they're going to boo me or they're going to do this but at this point like I don't think he realizes we're like just please shoot just please shoot just please shoot like we don't care if you miss it at this point but for for somebody like him you know he's like 24 years old still you know he's yeah. still he's still kind of young like yeah it's 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 fascinating yeah and I agree that he might shoot he might shoot some somewhere else if he were to be some somewhere else right like let's look at the Portland Trailblazers right like the Portland like they're so excited to have that team that like they just want to like be excited for the team you know what I mean or like Green Bay right like they love the Packers because like they just they're so proud of the Packers and to have the Packers and like and I just feel that like, you know, in Philly is that sometimes that old mentality of like being so hard on people um, and the pressure, like they crack. And we've talked a little bit about Ben before, like the difference I think, which is interesting, you take somebody like Tom Brady who like always kind of had a flight, fight and claw and scratch to get where he is, right? Like he was never the guy, um, you know, 199 chosen in the draft, like the whole thing. So like, he always had like a chip on his shoulder and something to prove. I mean, even so much that like he wanted to leave New England to go to Tampa to prove that it wasn't Bill Belichick that made him who he is, right? And so far, he is ahead, right? Belichick didn't make the playoffs, Brady did. However, until Alex Smith beats him, no, I don't know. <laughs> um, but also you have somebody like Ben, who since he was a little kid was revered. Right. He never had to go through any drama. He never had to fight and claw and scratch. He was the guy. He was the number pick. He was the, you know, top two pick. Like he was the guy. And so then it was harder for him to overcome diversity. But I do believe if he was in a town with less pressure, mm -hmm. he, we wouldn't be in this position. I really, really believe it. I believe that like being in a town like Philly with a yip, like Markel Fultz, like if Markel Fultz was started in Orlando, I bet you that he would have never had the drama. I really do believe it. And so I think it's what you said is perfect. It's the chicken and the egg. Does Philly just not get the guy or does Philly get the guy and then ruin the guy? It's, I don't, I, well, and then you have people who like can thrive here, you know? I mean, I'm but gonna... they still don't make, they're still not superstars. I know, I know. They're I still they're not me. superstars. So like thriving in Philly and being revered in Philly is one thing, but being a national superstar, the last time we had a national superstar was Allen Iverson. Right. Well, so, you know, I'm thinking about, um, I just lost my train. We're like people, like I always use like Steph Curry, like there are kids and people that I know who love the Warriors because of Steph, right? Because so like, he's a national superstar. People love the Patriots because of Tom Brady. Yeah. We had you know, we've had people tell us like people loved the Packers because of Aaron Rodgers. Like, that's what I mean. Philly does not have one of those players where like people are 
rooting for the Eagles or rooting for the Sixers or rooting because of that person. So you know and my who, question is why? You, you know who comes to mind for me and he's my favorite baseball player and he's also beloved here in Philadelphia forever and ever is Chase Utley. Now Chase, Chase was a solid baseball player who always delivered, yeah. uh, didn't really have much of a personality, didn't like speak to the media, didn't give interviews, um, was a little bit of a dirty player. Right. I think, I think somebody like him is probably the best example of an athlete who like towed the line here in Philly. He didn't give much his performance on the field, like spoke or, or you know, on the, um, yeah, on the field, like spoke for itself. And, um, he just had this, like the, a lot of the, uh, reporters would say that he was weird, but I think that he just like knew how to mentally preserve himself by yeah. really not being vulnerable and he had this like weird like this kind of cocky attitude mm -hmm. um you know when he would play but it didn't necessarily come out in interviews and he was very like you know if you would talk to him he would be sh you know really like short sentences wouldn't really give you much but he's somebody who like thrived here for years and is still so beloved here yeah but and we always say like, we need like a Joel Embiid who has this goofy personality and he adopts the city. And like Chase kind of like flew under the radar socially, you know, him and his wife, Jen did all that they did with the SPCA. They did all their incredible work here, but he wasn't like out and about and he wasn't like engaging with fans. And again, this was pre-social media, but he's somebody who like was able to mentally preserve himself and and left here beloved and was just I feel like pretty successful the entire time like I remember points during his career here where the fan base would be mad at him but like it never it never affected him I don't think right it definitely was not the same as Ryan Howard that's for sure it, well I but mean, there's and, other and, theories on that right 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 but also like he still wasn't a national superstar though right you know what yeah. I mean? Like, so he yeah. was able to mentally shut out the noise. And again, you go back to 2008 when they won the World Series, social media was not what it was. Like I took pictures on my flip phone on Broad Street when they won the World Series. So how funny is this? I have tweets. I think I told you this before. My first tweets are from like 2009. Yeah, yeah. I signed Twitter in 2009 and it's me cheering on, like the Phillies were in the World Series. Right. Um, a year I, after yeah I should pull them and we should post them with this episode oh um, my god that'd be awesome yeah it's me and it's just like the um old school like semicolon like parentheses smiley and I'm like go chase like exclamation points like when you didn't really know how to tweet and I can't believe that's like what 12 years ago now but um yeah yeah but like to think about that so he was able to like mentally shut out Philly and the noise but it was easier because you didn't have this that's attached to your hip and getting messages that says, I hope you die. You fucking suck. You're horrible. Leave this town. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And so, and then again, like why even, even in that time, right. With Chase and Ryan Howard and Cliff Lee and even, even Roy Halladay, these, no one, no one was Derek Jeter. No one was A-Rod. That's what I mean. Like Philly hasn't had that guy since AI. And I don't know if it's just a coincidence, if it's just, is it just random that it just happens to be that way? Or like everybody knows who David Ortiz is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like not everybody, if you went to Minnesota and showed somebody a picture and was like, who is this? And they'd be like, mm, they wouldn't know who Ryan Howard is. Right. Well, it's, I also think about a, a lot of the way, and I've said this about baseball in particular. Um, no, I'm talking about baseball all the time because I'm really excited for it to almost be pitchers and catchers. Um, I think about how the, you know, so the Phillies haven't really had many like superstar names. So I think a lot of right. it also has to do with the way that they market the talent that they do have. So think of somebody like um, Reese Hoskins, who was arguably the best player on the team for the, you know, the past five years. There's people in Philly who don't even know who he is. 
Right. And I think, you know, the Phillies tried to market him as like the token guy because it's like, what are we working with here? Like, we don't really have much of a team here. We don't really have right. anybody that we can talk to. And I think that this also perpetuates the problem. So you have Reese Hoskins, decent enough baseball player, good, you know, solid hitter. Also went into a slump, changed his stance, but that's a story for another day. Um, the Phillies were marketing him as like their star. Right. Right. So the fan base is going and they're putting all of their mental energy into Reese Hoskins because that's who they're being told is the guy who's going to win them games. Right. When he's not delivering, the fan base is like, well, the Phillies are saying you're the best and the media is saying that you're the best because technically he is the best on the team. But is is he going to like, is he A-Rod or Derek Jeter? No, like the answer is no. He's a solid baseball player. He's a decent baseball player. He should play, you know, he should be good in the lineup with somebody like Bryce Harper. And when he has, again, it's all about the team and who he has surrounding him. But there were those years where he was the only guy, him and like Scotty Jetpacks. And it's like Scotty Jetpacks isn't, he's like not even that great of a baseball player. We, and again, right. these guys were at the beginning of their careers and they're being right. sold to the fans as the future. And they're really not even that great. I just, and I, I think that also factors into it too. So the Phillies are marketing these guys as the, the two guys who are going to bring you the next world series. when in the back of their minds, they're like, we just have nobody else. Right. And then the fans, right. the fans get pissed at them when it's, it's kind of not their fault that the Phillies have sucked for 10 years, you know? Right. So that, so there's the, there's the question and there's the point of talent, right? But then you have the talent of, Joel Abid and Ben Simmons, and you have the talent of we thought was Carson Wentz, and they still didn't do it. They, you know what I mean? Like it wasn't like it wasn't like Reese Hoskins was revered as like the number one draft pick in baseball, oh, yeah. and we got right. So like, like hello, like look at JJ Watt, right? Like he's nationally known. Like he, he even before they had Deshaun Watson, like he hosted Saturday Night Live. That's my, that is what I want. Right. I want Philly to have a superstar that hosts SNL and we have not had one of those and I want to know why. So if you had to guess who the next one, if, if out of everybody that we have right now on any team, who do you think is the likely candidate? I have mine. So... It's interesting to me because I guess I feel like if we had it, it would have happened already. Like, I feel like the players that we actually have have been here for five years. So I feel like they should have already been at that level. They should have already started to get to a level of fame. Now, I want to be wrong. There are times in life that I actually want to be wrong. Oh yeah. This is a time. Now I would say it would be Joel Embiid. That's, that he, that's who mine is. Yeah. I mean, he has the personality. He has the charisma because you, that is another, that is another point I want to bring up. You actually have to have the it factor. We talk about that a lot where it's this thing you can't explain. It's like Ed Sheeran. Ed Sheeran wears cargo shorts and a white t-shirt and you can't, Luke Combs look like he should be fixing cars in Northeast Philly. But like when you get on, when Luke Combs gets on stage, you can't take your eyes off of him, right? Joel Embiid does, what? Who is Luke Combs? Oh, Natalie, what the hell? Actually, before I worked in country radio, I didn't know who he was either, but he's like <laughs> arguably the biggest country star right now. Oh, wow. I'll have to check him out. Yeah, he's huge. But like, he has this like weird beard and like this belly and wears like bowling shirts. And like, you would never, ever, ever, he literally looks like he should be like a mechanic in Northeast Philly. Like, hey, Rob, what's going on? <laughs> Just my oil's leaking. You know what I mean? And he'd be like, oh, birds. But see when at, he gets- See at, he, see at McNally's later. Yes, yes. <laughs> Meet you at Patty Works. <laughs> Miller Light on special. When he literally, when he gets on stage, like you can't take your eyes off of him, right? right? So there is the it factor. So I do believe Joel Embiid has the it factor, but does he have the chip in his brain that's going to, now granted the first couple games this year, he's been doing really well, but like, is he going to, is he going to 
be Giannis? Is he going to be, is he going to be, he has the potential, but will he, will he be able to take it, take it over? I'm going to remind you, I'm going to remind all of our lovely listeners, especially anybody who's a Sixers fan. It took Jordan and Pippen seven years. That's right. That's right. You're right. So I'm, right. Okay. I'm just saying that to keep that in perspective when you think of these Sixers. And again, I could be, it's just because I just adore this team and I adore the Sixers. And I think that they, I too think that they have so much potential and yeah. I'm not, I don't want to wait seven years. I don't, right. but I'm, I'm giving them yeah. having watched, having watched the way Well, it's only like, it's only been four. So we have three more years. So it's not like seven from this point. No, 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 no. Yeah. But like having, watching the evolution of this Sixers team and all the people that they've gone through and kind of, you know, the drama that they've gone, you know, we've had great, great pieces surrounding them here. Like that Jimmy Butler, JJ Redick. Um, I can't even, I can't even talk about that team because like uh, that was the team that gave me the it factor vibes. Well, but so that, and then, but there was something like they just couldn't win together, right? And yeah. the NBA has all these personalities, like very strong personalities and everybody kind of wants to be the guy, yada, yada, yada. Um, but, but here's that, what's weird about that team is they all liked each other, except I really do think that Ben and Jimmy had a beef. Um, I believe- And Jimmy didn't like Brett either. Well, so Jimmy, um, there's a reason Jimmy Butler has been on like, multiple teams and he in my perception is somebody who blames everybody else but it's kind of one of those things where it's like okay you're on your how many teams are have you been with now and is it everybody else or like sometimes you got to look in the mirror and don't get me wrong he's an insane competitor I think that he's um I think he's probably a good person I mean I don't know him um but I think he, he's somebody who has that thing where he wants to win so badly, like that he, which is a, which is a great thing. Like that instinctive competitor, I'm going to practice at all hours. I'm going to do what I need to do to win. Um, But I don't know if he actually works on his like interpersonal dynamics with his teammates. Well, what's interesting. Foster those relationships because he's team hopping at this point. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But let me tell you my second favorite podcast besides this one which is the Lipstick League, is my is the old man of the three, which is JJ Reddick's podcast. And I yeah. reference him a lot because JJ, you will be on a show. Um, and he, like I said, he's had on Tobias. He's had on, like Jimmy Butler, they're really good friends. Jimmy Butler's been on that podcast. Yeah. A couple, yeah, a couple more. And, um, and then J- Jimmy Butler and then Joel and Tobias. And Ben Simmons has never been on that. But they had um, Tyler Hero on, who's like, you know, the up and coming like star in Miami with Jimmy and Jimmy and JJ. I mean, Tyler and JJ were talking about um, JJ, (sighs) JJ and Tyler were talking about Jimmy. And and JJ said like, Jimmy's awesome. Sometimes like, but he does have a distinct personality. And sometimes like, it looks like he's thriving in Miami, right? Like sometimes like it just takes a minute and I think that Jimmy hates bullshit and I don't, and I think he likes hard work and I don't think Ben gave him the work. Interesting. I don't, I don't okay. think, I don't think that Ben has that thing that wants to work out at 5 a.m. And Jimmy does. And I think that they butted heads and I, and we all know the relationship with Brett Brown and Ben Simmons and Brett Brown never pushed Ben. And I think Jimmy resented Bren, resented Brett. And I think Jimmy resented Ben. And that's why he's in Miami and Miami was, is killing it. That's probably, that's probably a very accurate assessment of the way things down, went down here in Philadelphia. I also, um, and I, I know I keep saying this and I know that you say I'm a Ben apologist. I also, again, I chalk it up to his age. Yeah. Um, oh, uh, it's, it's not as out on Ben as everybody else is. And I'm not either. I want, like, I want him to want it as much as I want him to want it. Yeah. I think, I don't know. I think it's just because I was so wrapped up in, I was a process truster, right? Like I was yeah. one of those, like TTP, lick face. Like I was a part of that whole Sam Hinkie era. Like I was totally into 
the way that that went down and um, what he did to kind of like make the moves to get these guys. So I could also just be, this could just be like my remnants of me just like believing that the process yeah. that we actually went through to get Ben, to get Joel um, is going to work. Um, and, and hopefully it does. And and really quick back to what you were saying about mentally, uh, the Mike Missnelli show, speaking of, of that, I remember the one time you had a caller I don't even think we worked together yet, but he was a psychiatrist and he, he had two sons and he talked about in males, the frontal lobe development and how it's not fully developed until they're about 25 or 26. Yeah. And he was like, so much of Ben Simmons is about like just literally brain development. And sometimes it takes players until they're 28 to like, and that, and I feel like that almost is a little bit with Carson Wentz too, is that like, he just, he wasn't 37 when they brought somebody in like Aaron Rodgers. Like he was, he was, it was, yeah. Um, we can go on and on and on about this. Um, but we're going to make this a series. And what we're going to do is we're going to have badass women from different parts of the country. So, and, and the question is, are other cities as hard on their athletes as Philly? And we're going to have friends from Boston and Chicago and LA and, Portland and Seattle and it's going to be so awesome because we're going to like break it down we're like what is it like being a sports fan and a media personality in Seattle compared to Philly or compared to New York it's, yeah and I think it's going to and so it'll be really interesting and it's going to I think it's really cool because you'll be able to hear some of our colleagues and friends and other kick-ass women who love sports and and see how if they're as passionate as we are or for like, you guys are crazy. Yeah, I mean, I need to hear it all because again, I really didn't meet anybody from outside of Philadelphia until I went to college. Right, <laughs> and you even went to college here. <laughs> and I went to college in Philly. Yeah. Um, and it's, since, since my journey is like a 19 or a seven, I went to college at 17, a 17 year old who just spread her little wings and went to South Bend, went to further down Broad Street from my high school, which was Northern on Broad Street. I mean, those are two different worlds. So let's be honest. Yeah. 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 Alany is like, you know, hop, skip and a leap from North Philly where Temple is. Um, but I, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be fun for me to hear how um, other people and other fan bases um, live. I know. So, um, all right. Yay. This is awesome. Obviously, please, please, please engage Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, just search the Lipstick League, give us a follow, give us a like, slide into our DMs. We welcome all DMs. And if you're an asshole, as we stated in the first show, was Natalie specifically said, don't be an asshole. Um, and we you know, we'll probably, we'll, we'll block you and delete you, but um, we love open discussion. Yeah. And uh, yeah, thank you so much. And obviously please subscribe to YouTube and give us a review and we just love you, love you, love you. Yep, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Mwah. Mwah.